0: Five, five four, four three, three two one one one. We have ignition. Strap in. You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com
1: Welcome everybody to session sixty-four. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. Man, what a great week! You know, bouncing off uh, kind of a uh, a dry period, but man, I've had a great week. How about you, Mikey?
2: A great week. It, it turned out the same way you and I are both in, a, as I say, a funk. Uh, you know, we came, we tried to uh, bounce off each other, so to so to speak. You know, to encourage each other and. Um, you got. Uh, I saw your texts today that uh, you thank the people for their prayers, the guys at Real Men, and because uh, you're seeing past the fog. Um, I went on a fast, and boy, did that help! Oh my goodness. I think it
1: helped me too. I'll tell you what you. Mikey's I don't know if you prayed fast? for me over that fast, but.
3: Oh, I was going to say Mikey's fast helped you, or you I think it did. Too? It
1: helped me. Oh, well, no, okay. I didn't fast too, but I mean, I certainly bear witness with mikey and i was just glad that he did that and uh i don't know we just kind of seemed to recuperate at the same time so
0: Mm -hmm. what's
1: going on over there trish
3: i've had an interesting week i saw the neurologist with my daughter this week and that was some tough news that um they, they well i'll get into it more when we introduce our guest but um it's just been a really tough week as far as that goes and then i'm still studying away for that law school admittance test amen <laughs> december 6th oh boy
2: that's
1: coming quick i it's know it rock on so
3: quick <laughs> so that's what i've been up to this
1: week awesome i just wanted to take a minute or two mention the uh brand new trisha bear if you haven't seen it there's a trisha bear <laughs> what on uh the Riffle. store uh, you guys haven't been to the store the N- new store not recently the god stories radio official store Wow. Where you can get a uh, Got Jewett muscle tee. You can get a God Stories Radio coffee mug, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, just all kinds of stuff. And when you buy those things, then a, a portion of the proceeds go to benefit the ministry. So... Look no further for your Christmas list. God? And we have a donate button. Yes, we have a donate button. We want to thank J.D. Marshall, who's out there trucking the byways, who has pushed the button yet oh. again.
2: All right. Thank you, J.D. Thank you, J.D. But if God is putting it on your heart to, uh, you know, if you're getting encouragement and comfort and hope from this uh, these testimonies then, uh, and God's pushing your heart, then please push the button. And yes. thank you. Amen. Thank you.
3: I wanted to also give a shout out to, uh, we have two new countries on board. So oh, yeah. Now, I heard. God's Stories Radio is now heard in 39 countries worldwide. Ooh, ooh.
1: Fantastic.
3: So I wanted to give a shout out to our newest additions, Spain and the Dominican Republic.
1: Welcome, Spain. God yes. bless you. Welcome, Dominican Republic.
3: Thanks for joining
1: us. One of my best friends was from the Dominican Republic, Luis yeah. Romero. Luis, if you're listening, God bless you, brother
3: i just studied about the christians in spain at school so i have a a little affinity for spain so i wanted to give some shout outs to some uh recent likes on facebook betty aramino did i say that right Mm -hmm. aramino melissa brack our buddy and tony burgos melissa's helping us if you are interested in having someone record professional voiceovers for you we started a second um, sister ministry called gsr productions and if you have a business that you need an outgoing message um, we now have the ability to do it in english and spanish and we have male and female voices and we do it on a donation basis get in contact with us how do they get in contact with us mikey
2: uh, through Facebook, through our Gmail account, Fritz.
1: Mm-hmm. Radio at Gmail. And they can tweet us. They can tweet us. Yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Facebook.com slash GodStoriesRadio. And uh, you can tweet us at GodStoriesRadio. We'd love to hear from you. And encourage us too, please. I sent Melissa a thank you on Facebook Messenger today. And if she's listening, I just wanted her to know that I am not a stalker. I uh, I am legit. I was just uh, wanting to thank her for uh, helping us out with the voiceovers.
3: Oh, great. Thank you. Well, he's been very, very patient with us tonight. Um, Our guest, he's really special to me. I met him through a support group called Ataxians, Helping Other Ataxians. And Ataxia, what that is, is um, it's a diagnosis for typically something neurologically that is It affects, it gives you poor muscle coordination, so it can affect your speech. Sometimes if someone has a stroke, for example, they can have ataxia from that. Um, This gentleman, what is special to me is that my daughter, they're talking about her having, um, she has been diagnosed with ataxia, but they're trying to figure out the cause. And the cause they're thinking is uh, spinal cerebellar ataxia, which is, um a disease and it's not a fun disease to have a diagnosis it's um it's progressive it's degenerative it affects your speech it affects your walking your ability to feed yourself i mean everything everything i reached out to this group because i thought you know dear god i've got to get some support on this because i don't know you know where else to turn i mean i turned to god and god actually put me in touch with the ataxians helping other ataxians all right so without further ado i'll give where you... is he
2: calling in from
3: oh he's calling in from oregon
2: out there wow in oregon. oregon wow he's so he's like three hours behind us
3: yes so without further ado i'll give you jason wolfer thanks for joining us
1: jason, jason. thanks jason yeah We're welcome cool. to the program
4: well, thank you, guys. It's, it's indeed a uh, privilege, and I I uh, just thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Trish, thank you so much for explaining what taxi uh, is. That that saves me the <laughs> the need to, to explain that. Um, and I just want to start off by saying that you know when you Trish, when you first asked me if if I wanted to do this. Um, At first I was very excited and I thought yeah that would be a great opportunity but just as the case with everything else in life the more I thought about it the more the devil just got in there and started working on me and telling me hey you've got nothing to talk about right Uh, and I suppose that's true if I'm going to talk about myself and my own accomplishments, but what I want to make very clear from the beginning is that I want to be talking about Christ's redeeming work in my life. Uh, And there are are two things that I would like to emphasize through this story tonight. And one is that Jesus Christ is a God of relationship and restoration. Amen. Two is that that I, I truly, I truly believe that my physical disability does not define me,
0: mm.
4: and I'll get into that a little bit more, but um, I would like to start, then, by reading two scriptures that I believe are the foundation for why I do what I do, why uh, I believe that it's important for us to get a testimony, and the first scripture is in... Second uh, Corinthians chapter one and it verses three and four, and I'll just read that. It says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our trouble, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God." You know, I believe this to be a big part of God's plan. Uh, I believe that if we allow him to work in our life through the trials and hard, the painful circumstances, then if he will begin to strengthen and mold us into the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. And then we, in turn, can help others who are currently walking where we ourselves once walked. Mm. <laughs> you know, people are gifted differently and are, therefore, experiencing different things throughout their lives, and I believe that through my struggles, I have learned lessons that can help other people and support other people and be an encouragement. So that's what I want to do. Uh, and then the second scripture is found in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, and it says they triumphed over him by the flood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony.
0: Mm-hmm. You
4: know, the first thing that's mentioned here in this birth is the blood of the Lamb. I believe that it all starts with the sacrificial work of Christ through His death and His resurrection. And you know, without it, I believe that I would be lost and that I wouldn't have a testimony to give. But I do have a testimony to give, which is the second part of that birth. I believe that by testifying about the Lamb and His resuming work in our life, that we're exposing the sin that wants to stay hidden in the dark. We're exposing that stench of the light, which shows it to be the lie that it is, and without his lies, the devil has nothing. Mm. So, you know, with that said, you know, I, I really don't like to give the devil any mention at all. Uh, I don't like to give him any air time. <laughs> but to get to where my story starts, I need to point something out, and that is that I believe that the devil is not the creator of anything. All he can do is lie, feel, manipulate, and prefer what God has already created. You know, I believe that God has created the system that I referred to in 2 Corinthians to provide a way for us to spread his comfort, compassion, and healing to the people. I believe that this system works so well that unfortunately the devil has twisted it and uses it to spread sin in our lives. And uh, with that said, that's pretty much where it begins for me, with living and the spread of sin in my life at a very young age. Uh, I grew up with exposure to church. You know, I went to Sunday school and Bible camp in the summer, you know. But I also grew up with a lot of freedom, and religion was not really a topic of discussion around my house at least not that I remember, I don't know, maybe as a child I was just so wrapped up in myself that I didn't notice. But when I entered school, you know, at the age of five, I was, began to become aware and exposed to other, other views and other ways of looking at the world, you know, you you spend time at friends' houses and their, their parents, may have other opinions and it begins to rub off on you and these things in and of themselves are not necessarily bad but they certainly weren't a biblical perspective by any means uh, and so slowly and surely I began to adapt and think just like the world does you know I soon learned to lean on my own understanding and do just whatever felt enough the so Bible clearly warns uh, us about doing this and states what we should be doing instead and you know in proverbs 3 5 and seven it states trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight do not be wise in your own eyes serve the Lord and shun evil you know when I became old enough the family realized that the selfish life that I had been living with that it was craft and full of vile things and um, the sins that I had allowed into my life had already taken a deep root. They had already begun to grow and they were not going to let go so easily. I was no longer one calling the shop but I realized that I had become a slave to sin just like Jesus stated in John 8.34 when he said very true, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. I believe that now, one of the things Jesus was talking about there was that he was referring uh, that to the very seductive and addictive nature of sin, and in my life, the why that it so easily attached mm-hmm. themselves like a warm, you know, like a warm blanket, and those things that had gone down so smooth, like honey, were now exposing me to the uh, brutal cold and, and producing a very sour taste in my mouth, you know, they just... Leaving me out there, uh, and those things that had promised to always be with me ended up just being a lie. And uh, at this point, no amount of willpower was enough. And the more I tried and failed to live a righteous life, the more my self worth became until I felt totally worthless and without hope. So many times, I wanted to publicly expose the lies that I was living. And be rid of sin's control but you know fear of what others would think kept me convinced that it could never get out but what really happened to my amazement and joy was that when these things finally did come out I guess you know I got to the place where I couldn't run anymore all oh, my shortcomings and sins were exposed the fear the anxiety the, the sense of hopelessness, they're nothing, nothing more than a flimsy lie or a loose screen, you know, that the devil is using to keep me silent and coming back from war. I also learned that I could not produce my own righteousness. I believe that it is manifested in my life when I truly let go of things that I cannot control and simply believe. You know, Abraham believed in God. That God, he would, that God would provide when he was on the mountain with his son, Isaac. He didn't know when or how God would provide, and he was just content to know that God would. His belief led to an action, and it was credited to him as righteousness. You know, I spent a good part of my earlier years trying to do it the other way around, hoping that my actions and my self-driven willpower would eventually lead me to a life of true belief, and That just does not work. That just does not work. So what I want you to understand more than anything, whoever's listening hears my voice, is that God is the God of of restoration. What I have learned from my own life is that He does not want to expose the hidden things in your life so that you will suffer embarrassment and shame, but so that you will know what true freedom is. He also desires to have a personal relationship with you. He's reaching out to you, and I urge you, if you haven't already done so, to embrace his son, who is full of compassion, mercy, and grace. He is the true light, my friend, and in Him, there is no darkness at all. You guys still with me?
3: Yes,
2: we are. We are.
4: All right. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to get a little preachy there, but... That's where right. I'm not right now.
2: That's all right.
4: So I would like to do a uh, turn turn right now to talk about uh, my physical ability, or disability, I should say. And uh, Chris already touched on what it was, so I'll just go back to the very beginning. Um, in 2003 was when I got the uh, diagnosis. And I, I do have to say at this point that um, that's when I got the diagnosis, but I do believe that my life has always been touched by a taxi in some form or another. It just, you know, might have been lying dormant and it was discovered later on in life, but I was never uh, a kid that had a road grade balance. Uh, I was labeled as, as a clutch, kind of clumsy. Uh, there was a lot of things I didn't do. A lot of things that I came to light in life, you know, I didn't learn to ride a bike until way past the time that my, all my friends were doing it, you know, that kind of thing, but, so what, what happened in 2003 was that my spatial perception was off, and by that I mean, uh, I was walking into door frames, uh, I was missing, you know, I, I just side swiped stuff, I was missing it, so, uh, we went to the family doctor, and I was thinking that, you know, of course my mind was not going anywhere beyond, you know, this is probably just a inner ear infection or something. I mean, my balance is off a little bit. He'll give me some some pills, or, and I'll be fine, right? Because uh, I was always, always kind of a happy, good, lucky guy, and, and I you, you know, your mind just doesn't go there. You just don't think about it. Uh, that this could be something that's more serious than it is. So, uh, the family doctor just did a, a cursory check, uh, kind of the kind of one line the same kind of thing they would do uh, as a police officer would pull you over, suspecting you driving you while intoxicated. He had me uh, walk a line and stand on one foot and touch my nose with my fingers and. I failed every one of them. I couldn't stand on my feet for, you know, on one foot for more than about half a second before I started testing. And at that point, we just thought it was funny because, uh, again, you don't think of any, this is anything to, to serious. So we're just going to make a light of it, you know. Well, I think the pen with doctor... Uh, Suspected what might be going on, and he sent me to a neurologist. And uh, the neurologist, uh, if you don't know, is is a specialist that has to do with uh, brain and how your body functions in that that in that way. And so, um, again, I you know even though I'm going to a neurologist, it just did not strike me as anything serious. Uh, doctors are referring you to specialists all the time. You know, you might have a sore throat. You could see an ear, nose, uh, throat doctor. So I didn't think anything about it. Um, but this uh, doctor, this girl, this, he did more of a thorough exam. Uh, and he strongly suspected what was going on. In fact, he ordered an uh, MRI of my head. And then he sent me, uh, along with those images, to another I'm a neurologist at a university a hospital, who uh, was a little bit more of a specialist, I guess, just to kind of confirm what he suspected was going on, and uh, and it was there that I got the news uh, that it was uh, cerebellum ataxia, um, and since I have learned that it's actually spinal cerebellum ataxia, which is SCA, uh, because basically the nature of it is uh, the cerebellum is affected and that's called the small brain that sits underneath the, the main brain uh, and it controls all the muscles and nerves, all the motor functions and it is directly linked to the spinal column. That's why a lot of people have problems with with their walk and teeth um, because this the body is no longer getting those messages that Your, you know, your brain is saying that these things are can can and should be easily done, and your muscles are just not getting that message, Uh, and so it it can be rather frustrating. And I, I just remember that when we got that uh, news, uh, we were just kind of my wife and I were just kind of shell shocked. Uh, We'd never heard of a taxi before. I, I should mention that the neurologist, when he told me, he uh, he watched me walk down the hallway and then he just proclaimed, uh, in five to ten years, you will be in a wheelchair. Uh, and that's that's a, a, a stunning, shocking thing to hear. Uh, I'd never heard of a taxia. Uh, you know the prognosis did not look very good. so um, But then I uh, I kind of went through a time when I uh, re- I did not accept what he told me, and I continued to work. And uh, I can look back on that time now and honestly say that I think the big reason why I'm not in a wheelchair right now that's been, what, 12 years, Uh, The big reason is because I refuse to give up, and I have told people before that um, had I accepted that prognosis of five to ten years and just kind of given up mentally, then I probably would be in a wheelchair right now. But I didn't, and I worked up until 2012 as the uh, custodian for a school district. Um, and I think that's got a big big factor as to why I'm not right now so, so anyway once he gave me that uh, diagnosis he sent me back to the first neurologist and the first neurologist then put me through a whole bunch of tests uh, they were testing for a form of taxia that's called Friedrichsburg tachia and what that is is a form of attack cue that uh, attacks a person's heart. And eventually your heart is going to stop beating because the heart just fills up with calcium deposits. Uh, the underlying factor for all attacks is, is the cerebellum. But from there, that's a gateway that can cause all sorts of problems in people, and there's many different forms. And Friedrichsberg. Is a hereditary uh, form, and there was family history uh, on my dad's side of Fredericksburg, and so that's why they decided to test me for that because they thought more likely that's what I've got. Well, um, so they did a bunch of testing on my heart and found nothing there. Uh, you know, they did the nerve induction, they did genetic history, they spot- Shake spiders, all this stuff, they didn't really have a clue as to what is causing it. Uh, And in some respects, it doesn't really matter what causes it because every form of it is untreatable. uh, There's nothing they can do. And so uh, you're really just finding out a specific type. Not for your own own knowledge, but, um, you know, so so I had to learn to look beyond myself and beyond my diagnosis. My uh, MRI, I had another MRI five years after the original one. Uh, It showed that my cerebellum right now is at about 40 percent capacity. And uh, what that means is, you know, you've got a picture of the stair belt, which is roughly the size of, oh, maybe a baseball. And that whole thing should be filled with the gray matter. And when you look at mine, there's about two-thirds of the space is just black. There's nothing there. Uh, it's kind of like when Trish was saying, you know, they're... They were looking at her stomach and saying that's where the baby should be, but there isn't one. Well, they look at my cervix and they say that's where it should be, but there isn't one there. So, uh, but you know, I've really come to believe that um, the taxi is not who I am, and I have a, a, a strong hope, strong belief. That there will come a day when I will be free of this physical body. I'll be free of the tech. I started. Uh, I started writing a blog about a year ago that I've been sharing on Facebook, the for site. One of them is the one that Chris mentioned, uh, and the name of the blog is my. It started out being just called My Life. And then about halfway through, uh, I wrote a blog and I changed the name to My Life with a Taxi Along for the Ride. And the reason I did that is because it just seems to go with me wherever I go. It's always and rides off me. I can't get rid of it. But I do believe there is going to come a day when I will be going with God. And the taxi will not be coming along for the ride.
1: Amen. I'm yeah. into that. That's what I'm talking about.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, you know that—that's a big reason why—why why I do—why I do what I do. Uh, I became a, you know, I saw—I found saw about a support group because that's very important. And I started uh, going down to a support group about 40 miles from my house. Uh, about two years ago well here about eight months ago i became the leader of that group and then uh next week we we, i will be starting another group up in portland which is the other direction Uh, so i will have uh two groups going and the foundation that i uh is doing this under is calling this the uh, one valet support group and they're making both two groups kinda of part of each other. So uh and I, I you know, I I try to stay active, which is I believe the key. I uh volunteer for a local hops group. Uh I go out and make visitations and I didn't talk on the phone to the Breathe Center, talk on the phone with people. and, and I you know I like I've said at the very beginning and what I, I've said since, uh, I do not believe that a taxi is who I am. I just do not let it define me. I just, uh, you know, I think my family's more concerned for me than I am for myself when I trip and fall or something. And they, you know, they, they all, you know, want to make sure I'm okay and I just kind of brush it off and I move on to the next thing. So, <laughs> you know. So, and I guess a big part for me at the very beginning was, that, was the acceptance. And if there was any advice I would give to anybody that's listening that has uh, this ailment or any other disability, uh, and really this could work with a lot of different things, but the first thing that I had to do was accept that, this is now the new normal for me. Um, and God does not give you something beyond what you can handle and endure. Uh, I didn't look at it that way to begin with. I can tell you the truth. I did not see it as a gift. <laughs> and I'm not claiming that taxi is a gift. But what I'm saying is it's brought me to a place that uh, I am now in a spot that I can support and encourage other people who are walking this road for really the first time. There was nobody like this when I, when I got the diagnosis. I just kind of had to find my way in the dark and here I am coming out the other side. Uh, so the first piece was acceptance. Uh, that That's key. You, you just have to it's a place where you realize, you know, this is who I am now, and it's not going to make the difference if I like it or not. It's not going to change anything. Uh, that's really part, part of number two, which is attitude. You know, I came to the place where I, I realized I can make everybody around me miserable, and I can be a bitter person, but that is not who I want to be. I don't want to come to the end of my days, and because then it's going to be too late. You know, one of the things I see in hospice is you can tell the difference between those people who have lived a victorious life and are happy, and those people that just have not. They're, they're just they're miserable, and I do not want to be that way. I will not be that way. And then the third thing that's really important is exercise and determination. One of my models is if I do not use it, I'm going to lose it. And because with Ataxia, uh, if you lose the ability to do something and you just kind of give it up because it's too hard to keep trying, there's going to come a day when you you won't even be able to, to attempt that. Uh, and it can be something as simple as tying your shoes. You know, it takes me four times longer than it used to to tie my shoes, but that's not an excuse to, to quit doing it. And I do wear uh, slip-on shoes once in a while, but I continue to wear shoes that I have to tie, and I do it on purpose, and I'll continue doing it until I can't do it anymore. And then... The last thing that I think is so important that I've touched on is the support that you reach out, uh, that you accept help, and you are willing to help other people. You know, the first time I walked into the support group two years ago, I thought, my gosh, I'm not even handicapped. I mean, there was people there in wheelchairs, uh, people that, that had no control at all that you You know, you could barely understand when they talk, and it just made me feel like an imposter. Because sure, I had driven down there and walked into the meeting, and there's people that can't do that kind of thing. But we're all on a different road, and I just had to be one to let them teach me things, uh, and then just support them and help them, and and be there when I could be. And I've made a lot, a lot of Really good friends doing that. Oh, so, uh, well, it
2: Where sounds else? it sounds like you know the Bible, and it, as it says, you know, sowing seeds, and if you wanna if you wanna have friends, you gotta be a friend to somebody. And in what you're doing right. is going to the hospice and and also volunteering in a hospital and everything else. So you're hitting the right steps to uh, possibly even being healed. So that's all I need to well, say. Well,
4: Thank you. I, I appreciate you pointing that out. You know, it's, it's life. It's life. Uh, and we all go through those days when uh, things look better than, than other days. And I have days when I just, uh, I have to force myself to go out on my exercise, my walk. I have to force myself to write my, my blog about my life. You know, I have to force myself to go to hospice. I have to force myself to spend time in the Word or pray, but um, those days pass, and, you know, it's it's a discipline, and uh, it's it's not easy, but that's life, and everybody's got their crust there,
2: right? Yes, we do.
3: It's something that the listeners don't know about you that you didn't mention, you used to run 50K marathons, is that right? Yeah,
4: I used to, uh I was a uh, runner, in, and uh, I I kind of wonder if maybe that's the reason why, or one of the reasons, one of the contributing factors to to the fact that I can still walk is because I've I built up, you know, my legs, my leg muscles. Uh, I certainly sort of couldn't run now, and, you know. <laughs> Be on the ground faster, and you could, uh, you know, yeah, I did. I was training for a marathon, and yeah, I did do some running. Yeah,
3: and I only bring that up because I know, when I studied about people with disabilities, the effects of disabilities and becoming disabled. Someone that is more active, like an Olympic runner, is going to be more affected by becoming an amputee than. You know, Joe Schmo, who—it's just amazing that you have the outlook that you have, considering where you came from. And you know what I mean.
0: And
2: I believe all that he right. is doing is the reason why he is not in a wheelchair. Yes, Amen. All together, everything yeah, he's I, doing.
4: I—I I believe that too. Much. I fully believe that. You know, there's going to come a time when it's like uh, getting older you can only do so much and the nature of things is just going to take its course and uh, God has got me on this path and there's going to come a day when I cannot fight any longer determination and willpower will not be enough but I'm not ready to give in and that that day is, is far away and one of the things that I was blocked with was that I have uh, my ataxi is, you know, taxi is degenerative by nature it's only going to get worse. But everybody degenerates at a different rate. So when that neurologist told me in five to ten years I'd be in a wheelchair, he was basing that on statistics. Because statistics will, will tell you that yes, most people probably would be in a wheelchair. But the cerebellum degenerates at a different rate with everybody, and mine is a very slow rate. In fact, uh, the difference between the original MRI and the one that was taken five years later was very minimal. Um, the original one was showed my cerebellum to be 40 to 50%, and basically that's what the neurologist said this last time, which has been about five years now, but um, I know I know a little bit of a difference now, you know now and then I can tell that things are becoming a little harder for me. But uh, like I say, I've been blessed that that it's a slow degeneration in my life, so.
3: That's good to hear from me going through this with my daughter right now. Well, I think
2: think part of it is the thought process in his mind. If he had, like he said earlier, if he had bowed down to what the doctors had said, he would have been in five years in a wheelchair if he didn't fight it in his mind as well. Absolutely.
4: Right. Right. You know, I understand why you would be freaked out about this, but I, I think you just need to take some peace and comfort in the fact that that God's got it all uh, under control, and God knows exactly what. You know, the thing that I that I've come to discover is uh, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to realize that. Uh, just like when Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, when I, when I got that diagnosis, there is absolutely no way I could have looked down the road. 12, 13 years and told you that I'd be sitting here one day talking about how this has you know, changed my life and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but God knows. God sees the whole picture and God has got your daughter exactly where she needs to be and you just need to rest and relax in the fact that he, he sees the end game. It's already been written. He knows what What's what's going on, and, and we can relax in that. Doesn't mean we don't doesn't mean we don't pray and get anxious about things because we're we're instructed to pray about things. Uh, but I think you know we just need to know that that God's got His best in mind for your daughter.
1: Not the first time we've heard so, that "relax" word there, Mikey. What did you say? He didn't hear you. I said that's not the first time we've heard relax. Relax. Oh, is that and right?
2: Yeah, be still. Right.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, when I've prayed about it, God reminded me that, you know, I gave you this gift, this child and she's going to be yours as long as she's going to be yours, Amen. but she's always going to be mine. So, and and it was almost like God was saying, don't you remember how desperately you wanted to become a mother don't you remember you know so exactly. even if i just have the four years with her that i've had it's i have
2: to be grateful for that you know amen really? but, exactly yeah. exactly so uh, yeah gsr is the uh, place for shameless plugs so anything that you want to plug away at uh, for any of the uh the things <laughs> that you do go for it please do jason
4: well uh, if anybody wants to check out my uh, blog uh, you can either contact me at uh, jasonwolfer uh, that is spelled j-a-s-o-n w-o-l f-e-r at blogspot.com uh, actually that, my email is uh, jasonblogspot at yahoo.com if you want to write to me I'd be uh, more than happy to either share or uh, talk with anybody that uh, wants to do that. Uh, the other thing that I would like to chain uh, with plug, as you put it, is uh, we will really need a, a, a spokesperson for this condition, uh, disease. Uh, you know, some of the other conditions, diseases have public figures out there, and, and it raises public awareness. And I believe that a lot of people would benefit who uh, suffer with a taxi. You know, there's 150,000 of it uh, in America alone. I don't know what there is worldwide. Uh, I talk to people in uh, New Zealand, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Africa, all over the world. So I know they're there affected everywhere. Um, but I, I think a lot of people would really benefit. There's a lot of people that are really uh, suffering. And like I've said before, a taxi is a gateway. Uh, you can have a lot of stuff go wrong. In fact, uh, just last week I had another MRI done uh, on my back, lower back, and my left leg. Uh, because my foot's been going numb, uh, and I've been, had, had a lot of uh, neuropathy pain in my legs, and the results came back, that I've got some other stuff going on, Uh, and I don't know if that's a direct result of the taxi or not, but uh, one of the things that's happened to me since my diagnosis with a taxi is I pretty much lived my life never being allergic to any drug, and all of a sudden, bam, 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 uh, the uh, neurologist, On the reports that I get, you know, it's always less the cerebral attack is my number one problem. But my number two problem is I have an acute hypersensitivity to drugs. And uh, a couple years ago, uh, she put me on a drug for a neuropathy pain in my jaw and it put me in the uh, emergency room a 104 degree temperature and my kidneys started shutting down. Um, and I just had to quit that medication called Turkey. It was, it was uh, some form of uh, narcotic. And uh, so now I, I currently go take anything because I'm totally gun-shy. I'm allergic to penicillin. I keep breaking out rash before I take anything. So, um, But the taxi is a gateway. And, and all that to say that I think we would really benefit from having... Uh, public awareness this problem. So, uh, I guess just go out there and tell everybody you can. <laughs> and if you're listening to my voice, and uh, what would you say, Trish, 39 countries?
3: 39 countries, Did
4: yes, you? sir. That is, that's really impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive. Kind of, kind of, uh, kind of nerve-wracking
3: actually (laughs) (laughs) don't let it scare you (laughs) all those people may be listening to my voice wow and
2: and maybe the right one out there that you're looking to be a spokesperson heard what you're talking about Amen. hey thank you yeah that's,
4: that's a good way to look at it i didn't think about that that's a good way to look at it you know yeah so i i've been uh I've been contacting some people and, and doing the best I can but and talking to other people I'm not the only one there are other people. in fact uh, the site on Facebook that you mentioned Trish attacks uh, helping other tech Uh they're the person that started that site uh, Susan Shaka she uh, yes. she has done a great great thing. she's taken big strides. To get this word out and she she's been very faithful to pray for people and she's done uh, newspaper uh, interviews and uh, so there are other people out there that are that are trying to get the word out they're doing the work but uh,
3: Susan actually really Susan is what got my attention of the group is once I got on the group, she was constantly tagging me in her prayers. And I thought, who is this woman that's tagging me? And I looked and I said, oh, my gosh, she's praying for for me and, and about my daughter.
2: Isn't that awesome?
3: And yeah. it was like every yeah. couple days she was tagging me yeah. in these different prayers. And she remembered each time that that it was my daughter she remembered you know all these different things and she was I got goosebumps now just talking about it but it yeah. really meant so much to me
4: yeah she is very she's very faithful at that and and uh, I share my blog on her on her site and she's always uh, praying tagging me and praying for me as well so I know what you're talking about is there is there a yeah.
3: national organization for yes, yeah, there is.
4: It's, yes, there is. It's called the National Ataxia Foundation, and it's who I it who runs all the support groups, and it's who I found the support group through. They have a directory. They put out. They put out a uh, uh, four publications a year, and they list all the support groups, all the uh, contact numbers uh, in their publication, and. I got a hold of one of those copies, and that's how I found the tabernacle coop that I got started with. But uh, if you go to Facebook, uh, just NAF, that's one of the sites that, that I post my blog on. And um,
0: NAF? Okay. Just,
3: I'm sorry. I was saying uh, N-
4: NAF.
3: NAF. Okay.
4: Yeah. So. You know, there's a lot of bad things, of course, uh, with Facebook. I mean, it's just like everything else. Yeah, it's going to be used in the wrong way, and there's a woman chunk on there. But I got to tell you, I I belong to about 18 or 19 uh, attaching sites, and the support on there is just great. I mean, we ask all sorts of questions of one another, share all sorts of experiences. It's just, it's great. So, Uh, I would encourage anybody, if you can't actually physically get to a support group, that you would plug into uh, one group online, at least, and get to know some people. Because, you know, I can't explain exactly why that helps, but it does.
3: It does. Thank you.
4: Yeah, you're welcome. Well, thank
3: you for turning around and saying yes to giving your testimony, because I was disheartened when you said no and then came back and said yes and i said
1: praise god session 64 i know uh uh, it has raised ataxia awareness just for me because i really hadn't ever heard of it no i haven't either you know so it's so nice to have an advocate like jason out there that that the father's using for not only awareness but for ministry absolutely that's fantastic and he'll continue to use you as soon as you want to be amen
4: well thank you Thank you, guys. I, I sure appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to, to come on and talk about it and talk about, you know, Christ in my life. and.
2: Well, it was all a God to, thing.
4: Yeah.
1: God set this up. It's a
4: real privilege. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jason.
4: You're welcome. Good night, guys.
1: Good night. Good night. Thank you, Jason.
4: Yep. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: And that was session 64. I know. And that was Jason Wolf- Wolf, Wolfer.
2: Wolfer, Wolfer. Wolfer.
1: Yes. Yes. And uh, in case you're not familiar with ataxia, I was over here on my good friend Google and uh, <laughs> cerebellar uh, Cerebella, ataxia. Yes. Yeah, this is yes. ataxia caused by dysfunction of the cerebellum, a region in the brain which is involved in the assimilation of sensory perception coordination and motor control. Cerebellar ataxia causes some basic neurological problems such as uh, hip or floppiness, they call it, lack of coordination between organs, muscles, limbs, or joints, impaired ability to control distance, power and speed in the arm, hand, leg, or eye movement, difficulty in accurately estimating how much time has passed, and inability to perform rapid alternating movements. I was just wow. floored. And Jason sounds like he's just chilling. Well,
2: and and it, it to a extent he is, you know. And twelve years ago, when they told him five years he'd be in a wheelchair, I do believe. Couple with the thing, all the things that he is doing. First off, he put the mind, the the right mindset, the positive mindset Amen. in his mind and in his heart, and that helped. But I also believe too, the Bible says you know uh, if you in his case he's going to uh help people in the hospital and help people with uh, uh that that are dying in hospice so um he's sowing seeds- mm-hmm. and who knows he might be uh running a marathon down the down the road
1: you never know he's a big god he is he's the god over ataxia <laughs> he certainly is. i know that much so man well thank you jason for being on the show tonight we've had a great show and uh for those of you that have any questions for jason if you didn't uh, catch his blog or or whatever you can drop us a note at god stories radio at gmail and we will be glad to get that to jason and i'm sure he'd be glad to to talk with you more about ataxia you know if there's any hint of it or what whatever. Of course we always we're not physicians and we recommend to see physicians. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna put that disclaimer in there, but but hey But you we know, know the great physician. We serve the great physician. Amen, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Amen. So well that about wraps it up for session sixty four. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless
5: This world has nothing for me. This life's not my own I know